I'm Maria Titizian and welcome to the Week in Review for the week of September 24. In the news, Azerbaijan files a claim against Armenia at the International Court of Justice days after Armenia files a claim against Azerbaijan. The U.S. House of Representatives passes a bill demanding the immediate release of Armenian POWs in Azerbaijani captivity. U.S. Ambassador to Armenia says the right to self-determination of the people of Artsakh is an important aspect of the negotiations. Azerbaijan has filed a claim against Armenia in the International Court of Justice a week after Armenia submitted a similar application to the court. In its file, Azerbaijan is accusing Armenia of violating the International Convention on the Elimination of All Forms of Racial Discrimination. Azerbaijan claims that Armenia committed and continues to commit discriminatory acts against Azerbaijanis based on their national ethnic origin. The basis of the claim are the events of the 44-day war. Azerbaijan also asked the court to apply preliminary measures against Armenia until the final decision is known. Last week, Armenia submitted an application to the ICJ claiming that Azerbaijan violated the same convention, that is the International Convention on the Elimination of All Forms of Racial Discrimination Towards Ethnic Armenians. This is the first case presented to the court with the participation of either Armenia or Azerbaijan. During a pre-recorded speech at the 76th UN General Assembly, Azerbaijan's President Ilham Aliyev announced that the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict has been settled and that Azerbaijan is ready to sign a peace treaty with Armenia based on demarcation, delimitation, and mutual recognition of each other's independence and territorial integrity. He also stated that there is no such territory uh, of Nagorno-Karabakh in Azerbaijan anymore, uh, since after the war, two new administrative regions, Eastern Zangezur and Karabakh, were created by his decree. Aliyev called on the international community to refrain from using the illegal term Nagorno-Karabakh when speaking about territories of Azerbaijan. He also stated that Azerbaijan has established a new situation, a new reality in the region, and everyone must take this into account. Aliyev announced that he solved the 30-year-old conflict through political military means and not only recovered the country's territorial integrity, but also restored what he said was historic justice. He announced that a long-awaited peace, security, and stability will finally prevail in the South Caucasus, calling on Armenia to choose between cooperation and illegal territorial claims. Aliyev also noted that they are waiting for Armenia's positive response regarding their offer to start negotiations. And last week, Turkey's president, Recep Tayyip Erdogan, announced that Armenia's prime minister, Nikol Pashinyan, had requested a meeting. The offer was presented to him by Georgia's prime minister, Irakli Garibashvili, with whom Pashinyan had met over a week ago. Erdogan stated that it is puzzling that on the one hand, the Armenian side does not discuss the so-called Nakhichevan corridor. On the other hand, they request a meeting with him. He noted that if Pashinyan wants to meet, clear steps must be taken, adding that if Armenia is honest in its pursuit of talks and is ready to take steps towards starting a reconciliation process, Turkey will also set their diplomacy into motion. Erdogan also stated that the process must move forward with compromises from both sides. He expressed hope that the conflict between Armenia and Azerbaijan will be settled with the opening of transportation corridors. Pashinyan's spokesperson Manike Vorkian stated that Armenia is ready to start a dialogue with Turkey. She noted that so far there has been no communication between government officials of the two countries, although the Armenian government is prepared to talk. If conversations and discussions start between the two governments, then Armenia will be willing to start talks on a higher level, she said. 
On September 23, the U.S. House of Representatives passed the Cardenas Schiff Sherman Amendment, demanding Azerbaijan's immediate release of Armenian POWs and calling for a report on Azerbaijani war crimes, including the use of illegal munitions and white phosphorus against Armenian civilians. The amendment also requests an investigation into the use of uh, American technology in Turkish drones used to target Armenian civilians during the 2020 Artsakh War. U.S. Ambassador to Armenia Lynn Tracy stated during an interview to Armenia's public television this week that the right to self-determination of the people of Artsakh was one of the key principles of the Madrid document and remains an important point of negotiations now as well. She also stated that the issues on the Goriskapan Highway prove the importance of resuming negotiations between Armenia and Azerbaijan and starting the demarcation and delimitation processes. The ambassador noted that the current border issues that Armenia faces are due to the absence of demarcation and delimitation. She stated that the negotiation process is going to be long and hard and much effort from both parties will be required. When asked about Baku calling her statements uh, about the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict having not yet been resolved as disruptive, the ambassador stated that the position of the United States is that the status of Nagorno-Karabakh has yet to be decided, the conflict has yet to be settled. She noted that the interests of all parties must be considered. Territorial integrity is an interest for one of the parties, but so is the right to self-determination of the people of Artsakh, and it remains a key principle that cannot be ignored. Speaking about the snap elections in June, Tracy noted that Armenians should be proud that they were able to cast their vote in a peaceful atmosphere despite the challenges the country was facing and that they were able to organize free and fair elections in such circumstances. Last week, Iran's foreign ministry spokesperson Said Khadib Zadeh announced that Iran is demanding the immediate release of its drivers who were arrested by Azerbaijani soldiers on the Goriskapan Highway. As a reminder, Azerbaijani um, police officer soldiers have been checking Iranian trucks on that highway, on the Goriskapan Highway, and charging a road tax. Um, and uh, aside from charging road taxes, two Iranian drivers were detained and arrested. Iran's ambassador, Abbas Badakhshah Zahuri, announced that Iran is trying to mitigate the situation on the highway and to find a solution. The ambassador also stated that the Iranian government expects the alternative road road to the Goriskapan Highway to be ready as soon as possible. The Armenian government has announced that the road will be ready by the end of November. On September 20, Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan stated that Armenia is interested in opening communication routes in the region during a meeting with Russia's Deputy Prime Minister Alexei Overchuk in Yerevan. He also noted that it is important for Armenia to have a land connection with Russia, which will boost Armenia's economy and will stimulate Armenia's integration into the Eurasian Economic Union. During a Q&A with reporters, Overchuk stated that there are no talks about a corridor linking Azerbaijan with Nakhichevan, this so-called Zankezur corridor that both Azerbaijan and Turkey have been insisting on. He noted that talks are being held about opening communication routes in the South Caucasus and noted that opening communication routes in the region will boost trade between Armenia and Russia. And during the Russian-Armenian Business Dialogue Summit held in Yerevan last week, Armenia's Minister of Economy, Vahan Keropian, announced that the opening of these communication routes will increase Armenia's GDP by 30%. 
And coming back to the Goris Kapan Highway on September 17, masked Azerbaijani soldiers stopped uh, a civilian bus traveling back to Artsakh carrying a group of teenagers belonging to a football club. The reason for stopping the bus was that, um, well, the bus had a flag of Artsakh on it. According to Armenia's human rights defender Arman Tatoyan, the Azerbaijani soldiers held up the bus for about 10 to 15 minutes. They carried out what they were uh, calling inspections. They were checking the phones of the young boys, children really, who uh, who seemed, some of them seemed to be terrified. And they also, using a, a large knife, scraped the flag of Artsakh off the bus. Tatoyan pointed out that the behavior of the Azerbaijani soldiers was particularly worrisome as they obviously terrorized the children with their guns and masked faces. He also noted that the Azerbaijani side is proudly sharing this video on social media platforms where users are insulting the children and calling for the killing of Armenians. The following day on September 18, Armenia's National Security Service reported that two Armenian citizens had gone missing while traveling on the Goris Gapan Highway uh, and entered the territories controlled by Azerbaijan. Just again as a reminder, a portion of Armenia's main highway now goes through uh, territories that are under Azerbaijani control. Uh, the two citizens were returned to Armenia by the Azerbaijani side late in the evening of September 19. On September 22, Deputy Mayor of Goris in the Sunik region, Garen Kocharyan, reported that Russian peacekeepers and Armenia's National Security Service officers were escorting Armenian drivers on the Goris Kapan Highway. He said that Armenian vehicles uh, are gathering at a certain uh, spot, then passing the section of the road controlled by Azerbaijani soldiers, accompanied by Russian peacekeepers and Armenia's NSS. Kocharyan added that these are just safety measures to avoid similar incidents. On September 19, Russia's Ministry of Defense reported that Armenian positions near Shushi had come under shelling by the Azerbaijani side, resulting uh, in two soldiers of Artsakh's defense army being wounded. Uh, it was also stated that the leadership of the peacekeeping forces was investigating the incident. On September 20, Azerbaijan's defense ministry stated that they were surprised by the announcement uh, of the Russians. According to Azerbaijan, they investigated the incident with the Russian peacekeepers, and they determined that Azerbaijani forces had not opened fire. Uh, the spokesperson of Azerbaijan's Ministry of Defense stated that after this investigation, the Russian side decided to present the incident differently. On September 21, Armenia marked its 30th anniversary of independence. In the morning, state officials of Artsakh and Armenia visited the military cemetery Yeraplur to pay their respects. Um, reporters who were there uh, at Yeraplur were cordoned off and were not allowed to approach officials and ask questions. Before the start of the official ceremony, a few parents of soldiers who were killed during the Artsakh war gathered near the entrance of the cemetery, stating that they would not allow Prime Minister Pashinyan to get close to the graves of their children. The parents were removed from Yeraplur by force, and security guards formed a wall between the reporters and the parents, uh, effectively not allowing the reporters to even talk to the parents. Um, during the day, President Armin Sarkisian awarded medals uh, to a number of individuals. Some units of, of law enforcement uh, bodies marched on the streets of Yerevan, and the day concluded with a concert in Republic Square featuring classical Armenian music, dance performances, and a light show. At the end of the conference, over 100 drones started creating various uh, symbolic images in the night sky, such as Haig Nahabed, Sasun Sitavit, Armenia's flag, and coat of arms.
and on the occasion of the 30th anniversary of independence, parliament members were given bonuses of around uh, 400,000 Armenian dirhams, that's about 800 US dollars, um, by a decision uh, made by the speaker, uh, Alin Simonian. The opposition refused to receive the bonuses. On September 21, Freedom House published its Freedom on the Internet 2021 report. Internet in Armenia is still considered free despite a fall of four points from last year's results. On a scale of 100 points, Armenia uh, was at 71. The report stated that Internet freedom in Armenia declined significantly as a result of restrictions on the free flow of information the government adopted during the 44-day war. The implementation of martial law in late September 2020 placed broad restrictions on the media's ability to report on the fighting, including by banning speech, endanger national security, permitting authorities to demand content removal, and mandating fines for non-compliance. A number of Turkish and Azerbaijani websites with the .az and .tr domains were inaccessible for several weeks. Users also reported problems accessing TikTok. Prominent news sites also faced technical attacks. The report also states that in a positive mood, a measure that had required telecommunications companies to provide authorities with subscriber metadata in order to facilitate contact tracing adopted in the early days of the COVID-19 pandemic was lifted in September 2020 alongside a virus-related state of emergency. According to the report, the government of Prime Minister Nigol Pashinyan had pledged to deal with long-standing problems including systemic corruption, opaque policymaking, a flawed electoral system, and a weak rule of law. Despite the government's reformist stance, concerns about political interference in the judiciary and hostile rhetoric toward the media from government officials persist. It was also mentioned in the report that in 2020, the country's political landscape was seriously destabilized when armed conflict with Azerbaijani forces broke out over control of the territory of Nagorno-Karabakh. And now to the latest COVID-19 updates. Daily infection numbers continue to rise. Around 15% of tests have come back positive this week. Uh, the head of the Infectious and Non-Infectious Diseases Department of the National Center for Disease Control, Romela Apovian, stated that the reproduction rate of the virus has increased to 1.2 over a seven-day period. She noted that if preventive measures are not taken, there will be around 6,000 new cases within a week. 30% of the new cases will need to be hospitalized, and 3% of the hospitalized patients will unfortunately need to be treated in intensive care units. Armenia's Minister of Health, Anahit Avanesian, announced during the government session on September 24 that 85% of beds designated for COVID patients are occupied. She added that due to other seasonal illnesses, there is a strain on the healthcare system now. Avanesian also noted that the vaccination rate has increased during the last few days. However, the daily rate of vaccinations must be increased further. As of September 19, only 4.5% of the population has been fully vaccinated. Armenia has now also started the production of the Russian Sputnik Light vaccine, which is the first component of the Sputnik V vaccine. Sputnik Light will be used in the vaccination process in the country. And that is the kind of week we've had here in Armenia. Thank you for listening. Have a good weekend, and we will be back again next week. Mm-hmm.